Here we go on a Wednesday. Welcome in, everybody. First hour presented by Tim Lasher and his company, Lasher Home Comfort Systems, family-owned and operated, servicing the greater Oklahoma City area now since 2007. You can call them up. They'll do a great job for you. We've done it a couple times. It's been great. 405-579-3113. That is 405-579-3113. All right, we will be getting to some texts here in a little bit, 405 405- 651-3439 of the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Get a couple of good guests today. Cade McFarland will join us. Garen Emig will join us. Caden at 1235. Garen at 135 today right here on Steel Man and Thune on the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Network. Parker, I was um, cutting up some Brent Venables audio today and doing uh, my normal routine in the production room as and, one does yes and, and i was listening to the press conference and brent talked about you know where they were right now and he said you know the strength of our team really is our punter right now and i thought about that and yes michael turk was the only sooner picked on the all preseason big 12 team right that was it and i thought yeah no, no, that's that's right and i thought really about how sad that is nothing against michael turk he's tremendous but i thought man that is really really Sad. Here's here's what you can say about Michael Turk. He is an outstanding football player that you would hope Oklahoma never has to use. That's right. Absolutely. And he, he threw a nice uh, one-yard uh, pass that went about five feet, but it went for a first down, right, uh, in the game against Texas last weekend. But I thought, man, this is – it's it's so – it's really not comical because OU fans don't want to laugh about it. But rather than crying, maybe you need a laugh because I thought, you know, when Brent said that, I – I kind of heard him in a stand-up comedy club when he said that. And he, he approached it right. He was, you know, basically pointing out what was the obvious and trying to make a little joke about it. But I heard it like this. Certainly individually on each side of the ball. Kicking game has been really pretty solid. Uh, that's been the one bright spot. Maybe everybody had it right in the media that had we had one preseason uh, all-Big 12 player and it was our punter. <laughs> so I uh, say that uh, jokingly, but... Uh, uh, the facts are, you know, that's been the best part, the most consistent part of our team thus far. Now, why are you having fun with OU? Oh, oh yeah, there, there will be a couple texts come in like that. There's no doubt. But I, I, it sounded like it was an evening at the Improv or something. But bottom line is the Sooners, they get Dylan Gabriel back this week. And, again, he's going through protocol. But it looks like things are pretty uh, – Pretty positive in terms of uh, Dylan Gabriel coming back and playing quarterback and starting for the Sooners. Uh, the question is the defense. We know that Jalen Daniels is going to be out. You know, there, there was that bogus report that came out initially that Jalen Daniels was like, what? Uh, that he was going to be out for the season, but he is going to be out for the Oklahoma game. Uh, the bottom line is Oklahoma, if, you know, if they're able to put some points on the board, and they should be able to with Dylan Gabriel out there, we think he's going to be out there. So it's all about the defense again. A lot of it's about the defense. And look, if there's a wide-open receiver, Dylan Gabriel, you got to make the throw, too. We've seen too much of that when he was in there. But they've been without uh, their starting quarterback now for six-and-a-half quarters. And the bottom line is this. If the Sooners can, you know, do some things they did in the first three weeks of the football season on defense, they got a really good chance to win this game this weekend. Vegas has them favored. But Lance Leipold is definitely coaching big time right now in Lawrence, Kansas. That guy uh, is probably the hottest coaching commodity in college football right now. Lance Leipold is going to make a lot of money this winter, whether that is from the University of Kansas or elsewhere. 
They better uh, they they better get the Brinks truck loaded right now and start backing it up if they want to keep him because he's a hot commodity and he should be. He's done a tremendous job at KU. So um, here we are on Wednesday. What is your thought process right now on this game coming up this weekend? Uh, do you have a decent level of confidence that Oklahoma pulls this off? Where are you? Well, here's the thing: you have to consider the fact that is Jalen Daniels likely to play in this football game? No, and that's a win for Oklahoma, but. On the flip side, the guy they got as the backup down there in Lawrence, Jason Bean, he tore Oklahoma up a season ago. Yeah, he did. They Kansas did not lose that game up in Lawrence. And he played well because against Because of the TCU. ineffectiveness of Jason Bean. Jason Bean yeah, played he, some really good ball against Oklahoma. He did play some really good ball yeah. last week against TCU as well. So how big of a drop-off is there from Jalen Daniels to Jason Bean? And also... With the struggles that this defense has had in containing mobile quarterbacks, are they going to be able to curtail Bean's impact on the game via the ground? Well, we have no recent evidence that they can do that. None. None whatsoever. None. And that's why, at this point, I'm picking Kansas. I think Oklahoma has a really good chance to win the game, but I'm at that juncture right now. I'm like, man, do not pick them again until you see them play better football. Uh, how can you all of a sudden just think, yeah, Oklahoma's got this? I mean, it's going to be huge, obviously, if Dylan Gabriel comes back because they have no shot again if Dylan Gabriel doesn't play. And uh, you need a backup quarterback. And Brent talked about this yesterday with all the defections of Caleb and Spencer Rattler and previous defections, Chandler Morris, Tanner Mordecai, whoever. You can go all the way back to Austin Kendall or whatever. Uh, but again, for Oklahoma, and I know they, they, they had their at-bats again with Jackson Darts. They had their at-bats with Kendall Thompson, uh, Casey Thompson, rather, and uh, Chubba Purdy. They struck out. And that's a tough uh, at-bat anyway, when basically you've got a guy, uh, you know, Dylan Gabriel coming from UCLA who has experience with Jeff Levy. You know, you're asking for a lot of these kids to come in and compete. And guess what? If they're in the portal, there aren't a lot of kids. They are really excited, I think. Probably, especially at quarterback, you know, uh, that are just going to want to come in and compete. They almost want the job if they come. They're coming through the portal, right? So that was tough. But the bottom line is this: uh, the Sooners again. They've got to get something positive going. They've got to get something positive going. Now, new update: two four seven team rankings, and the Sooners are up to number three. All right, explain how it happened. Hold up, Steely. You're not you're not allowed to give the people good news. This is a doom and gloom Wednesday. Is it? Yes. I thought it was cautiously optimistic Wednesday. No, it's not, Steely. We don't see we don't say anything good about this football team or this program as a whole until they win another game. But no, in all seriousness, yes, Oklahoma, as of today, has the number three class in the nation, trailing only Alabama and Georgia by virtue of some so, Shuffling of the deck in the recruiting ranks. Obviously, some players got upgraded, right? They did. And Colton Vosick saw a big, big jump. He's now the number 120 player in the nation in the 24-7 sports composite. Keon Brown got his composite fourth star. Uh, big jump as well for Anthony Evans, who's now a top 300 national player. So you continue to see the evaluations pay off for this Oklahoma staff. And moreover, when you look all across the board – there are 12 Oklahoma commits among the top 250 players in the nation, according to 24-7 Sports. And the biggest drop for any of those Sooner commits 
in this rankings update was Derek LeBlanc, who dropped 14 spots. So, even where there were drops, they were pretty negligible mm-hmm. and immaterial. I think Jaquay's Petaway dropped five spots. Uh, Josiah Wagner dropped a couple. But for the most part, what you see is a steady upward progression, not just at the top when you're talking about the likes of Jackson Arnold, who's now the number 13 player in the nation, and P.J. Adabare, who's now the number 32 player in the nation. But you look at those mid-range guys, Sammy Omasigo, right on the cusp of being a top 100 national player. Lewis Carter continues to move up. He's about to crack the top 150. Dalen Smothers continues to rise up the recruiting boards, even though he's not playing his senior year. So this Sooner staff, if nothing else, they can evaluate. They can evaluate talent. Well, and it's kind of like right now because of what's going on on the field for Oklahoma football right now, you, you kind of feel like, man, those those are like the precious jewels that you've got to protect, and you've got your fort that is being stormed by a bunch of people who are probably saying right now, you still committed to Oklahoma? Have you seen what's going on out there? They're not even competitive right now. They're going to have to try and fight all of that negativity off. And, uh, you know, uh, these are 17-, 18-year-old kids we're talking about, man. They're, they're impressionable. Even the ones, all these guys, you know, that are uh, really good athletes, they've got, I'm sure, a lot of self-confidence, and uh, they probably have a pretty good routine going in terms of discipline and all that stuff, but they're still 17 and 18 years old. So it's, it's almost like the Sooners are trying to protect the precious jewels they have, which is that 2023 recruiting class. And that's why you need some positive stuff to start happening, man. At least don't get embarrassed, right? Well, and I was here's the thing, Steely. I was exchanging texts yesterday with one of the highly ranked Sooners commits in this 2023 class and just kind of asking about uh you know asking him about how his season's gone thus far uh kind of talking back and forth about the skid that the Sooners have been on and how it's affected the mentality of the group of commits because they're all very tight-knit this is well documented yeah. and he said look this is where we stand right now we're all preparing to come in and play early because we sense that there's going to be that need. And the coaches are telling us the exact same thing. Hey, when y'all get here, we're going to need you, and we're going to need you immediately. So, again, it goes back to the fact that recruits tend to see struggles like this within reason through the lens of opportunity. And there's going to be a lot of opportunity for a lot of guys, the likes of P.J. Adabare and Makari Vickers and Caden Green and what have you, to come in and make an immediate impact. No doubt. And what you need to avoid is 3-9 and nine and not making much progress at all the rest of the season. And I do think they're going to make some progress. They're going to. I'm still a believer in Brent. I'm still a believer in this staff. What you see right now, man, makes that difficult. And, again, the more you go out and you're not even competitive in these games, then your message starts getting lost on some of the guys in that locker room. I don't care who you are. At some point, man, you're telling me one thing, but it's not happening. And that probably is 70% on the players, you know. Brent can't go out and make a tackle. Neither can Todd Bates or Miguel Chavis or Jay Valai can't cover. They're trying to put them in the best position, and it's not, it's not working. And most of that, based on what I'm hearing from smart people, 
unlike myself, Teddy Lyman and others, is that, man, some of this stuff is just basic, you know, fundamental football that they're not getting right. So, you got to nail down the basic stuff before you can even think about trying to swallow the complex stuff. That's exactly right. All right. Uh, by the way, the Brent stand-up comedy clip was our uh, Ortho Central clip of the day today. If we can play that into the break again, somebody else wanted to hear it, just texted me. I caught the tail end of it. So can we play that into the break? Ortho Central is proud to welcome orthopedic surgeon Joshua Wilson, MD. Dr. Wilson specializes in sports medicine, is currently accepting new patients in Norman and in Newcastle. Call 405-360-6764 for an appointment. Don't forget about the Ortho Central Saturday Injury Clinic. It's open every Saturday from 8 to 930 throughout the month of October. Free evaluations for high school athletes and their sports injuries. Ortho Central turning setbacks into comebacks. Here's our clip of the day, our Ortho Central clip of the day here on The Ref, and we're coming right back. Certainly individually on each side of the ball. Kicking game has been really pretty solid. Uh, that's been the one bright spot. Maybe everybody had it right in the media that had we had one preseason uh, all-Big 12 player, and it was our punter. <laughs> so I uh, say that uh, jokingly, but... Uh, uh, the facts are, you know, that's been the best part, the most consistent part of our team thus far. I lied. Nobody else requested it, but I needed to pull, I needed Ah, uh, yes, it is Kansas week, ladies and gentlemen. That's a good song. I despise Dust in the Wind. That's one of my least favorite songs I can't of figure all out time. why that is. Like, I don't know. It's just so depressing. It's kind of like watching the OU defense when you hear it. There's not a lot to like there right now. You know what I'm saying with Dust in the Wind? My wife finds it very depressing, too. Anytime wow. if we're out and it comes on, like if we're on Sirius, we decide to listen to some music or something, it's like, oh, yeah, we got to change that. I will say, like, arguably the two most famous Kansas songs of all time are obviously Dust in the Wind and Carry On, Wayward Son. They're both very spiritually influenced, and they're both completely different vibes. You just gave away the uncle what, bit yeah. for the week. Oh, really? Yeah, he was going to do Kansas. He'll still do that, I okay, think. He yeah. said, what did he, he called me and asked me, what are some Kansas songs? Because I want to work them into my routine. I said, routine? What routine? So I guess he thinks it's a bit or something. Maybe he's not serious anymore. I don't know. But um, Portrait's my favorite Kansas song. By the way, they were, uh, how many rock and roll bands back in the day featured a guy playing the violin? Kansas did. Was there, the violin was a full-time thing in that band? Yeah, was it, who was the guy, was Kerry Livgren the violin Kerry Livgren player? was the, uh, no, he was the front man. He was, uh, Steve Walsh was the front man. So we'd have to go ahead and Google it up. I can't remember which one played the violin, but they featured the violin a lot. They did quite a bit. Okay, I'm I'm Googling. All right. Kerry Livgren. Uh, he played the guitar and the keyboards. All right. So Steve Walsh was the singer. 
Steve Walsh. Steve Walsh. Steve Walsh. Wasn't that Steve his name? Steve Walsh. Uh, he sings lead on four okay. of Kansas's best-known hits, including Carry On, Wayward Son, and Dust in the Wind. So, yep, there you go. Who played the violin, though? Do we know? Uh, I'm trying to figure that out. This is important stuff. It's Kansas week, ladies and gentlemen. We're doing our research yes, on Kansas. That's exactly right. David Ragsdale. David Ragsdale. All right. That's the only violinist listed. A lot of pipe organ in Kansas, too. Really? Yeah. My favorite Kansas song is Portrait, and it's uh, there's there's some pipe organ in there. We can play Portrait into the break. It's really good. Okay. Um, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, the Air Comfort Solutions text line is available to you, and the uh, messages, the texts are flying in, 405-651-3439. So why don't we get there? Because we've got Caden McFarland coming up in the next segment. So let's head on over to the Air Comfort Solutions text line. The curse of the white buffalo is real. I can't pick OU to win until Parker gets a new ride. That's from Chad and Owasso. Listen, I it's kind of too late to reverse course on the white buffalo. I paid a whole bunch of money for that thing. You're sticking so, with your system just like Brent, man. You got to dig in and stick with your ride, too. Yeah, hey, listen, it's it's about the culture. Can't change the culture overnight. Uh this listener says, you're not from Oklahoma if you call it a violin. I'm assuming Oklahoma, o- Oklahomans call it fiddles. Yeah, but a fiddle belongs in a country band, right? Yes. I think I think fiddle, I think Charlie Daniels. Yes. Um, David Ragsdale is the new guy. He's not the original guy with the big hair, says another listener. Well, he was the only violinist listed on the Kansas Wikipedia page, so I don't I don't know who else was who else there was. Um Parker, what was the deal with the Brian Darby stuff on Twitter? Yeah, people are reading into that a bunch of different ways. The best of my knowledge, uh, he just made a really, really captivating play in practice. And it got everybody kind of buzzing about the fact that he needs to be used more. And he made some pretty nice plays down the stretch for Oklahoma in 2021, if you'll recall. Caught Mm -hmm. Spencer Rattler's last touchdown pass as a Sooner against Texas Tech. Uh Scored the first touchdown of the game in Bedlam. Mule Shoes last game. So, yeah, I'd, you'll notice as well that all of those tweets have since been deleted. So, I think so, somebody on the coaching staff likely got a hold of that and said, you know what, uh, no, we're going we're gonna to make decisions based on our evaluation of the talent on this roster. We don't need players chiming in on social media. So, Weird. I'll, all of those tweets have conveniently disappeared. By the way, uh, Robbie Steinhardt was the original rock violinist for Kansas. The other guy that we mentioned is a new guy. So kind of like Steve Walsh was old school Kansas. Robbie Steinhardt was the original People got jokes violinist. on the text line. Jay in Tulsa says, if Oklahoma's getting hammered by Kansas <laughs> this weekend, they should play Dust in the Wind as their end of the third quarter song. Another listener says, Sooners at the point of no return. Yes, that's exactly right. Uh, Well, maybe not. I think there is a return coming. I'm not sure when it's coming, but it's coming at some point. Let's see what else we got here. It's obvious the program is in a whole lot worse shape than we originally thought. Lincoln Riley set this program back at least three years. 
He recruited well, but he recruited defenders to that speed D, and those guys are not working out for Brent's defense. Brent is recruiting higher in defenders like you see in this class. He'll get it built back. Everything will be fine. These guys are under underdeveloped and are behind mentally and physically. I know having Schmitty back is a big deal, but it's going to take more than one offseason with him to get this team right. Yeah, and, you know, I, I'm still a believer in this staff. I mean, Brent has been uh, – look, we don't know if Brent's going to be a great head coach yet. Uh, the early returns are not very good, clearly. But I know he was a great coordinator. He's got a good football mind. I, I like the way he approaches things. I still think this staff is a really good staff. Uh, there's a lot that's good, but it's just not happening on the field yet. So um, what did you think, by the way, of Brent saying yesterday, basically that, you know, hey, if you're not bought in now, you know, come see me. And you know what? Yeah, no, that's a real phenomenon, Steely. I, I will give you a recommendation and a good reference, but if you're, if you're not still bought in and you don't want to be here and you're on the negative train right now, you can kind of well, hit the door. Here's one thing that I think we took for granted as well. And that's the fact that you were able, you were this coaching staff was going to be able not just to shift the culture in the building, but completely revamp the mindsets of some of Mule Shoes players. And that just wasn't realistic. I can tell you this, Steely, there will be a lot of processing this offseason. And for those not familiar with processing as a football term, here's what that means. You're going to see guys pushed to the transfer portal. You might see some talented players pushed to the transfer portal, as a matter of fact. But the reason that they're going to get pushed to the transfer portal is not because they're not good, although some of them may not be. It may be a situation where some of them just have no hope of seeing the field at Oklahoma. But that's not going to be the primary reason they get pushed to the portal. The primary reason they get pushed to the portal is because they don't fit the vision Attitude, and they're not getting on board. Yeah, exactly. And uh... – you know, I. it sounds extreme. Nobody would have thought this would have been the case again after six games. But, you know, when you get beat the way Oklahoma got beat the last two weeks, like I said, there are going to be some players who aren't hearing that message. Like I said, it's going to, be, it's going to sound like Charlie Brown's teacher. You know, womp, 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 womp. they're just not buy, going to be bought in. And, and that's human nature, man. I don't know if you're in sales or whatever, and all of a sudden, you know, you're selling great. Everything's, you know tremendous early and then all of a sudden things aren't working and it gets really bad and you can't sell a thing your sales manager is going to tell you something and you know you may you might be the person who says yeah you know this is going to turn around it's going to be great I've got faith this is a cyclical thing or you might be the person who's thinking you know what maybe I'm not cut out for sales and I don't like this back to the text line a violin has strings a fiddle has strings that's, that's right. the difference uh Oh, there was one other really good one that I wanted to hit. Oh, here you go. Brent continuously preaching everyone is bought in, but then on the coach's show comes out and says, hey, if you're not all in, he'll write you a recommendation for the portal is not good. Why not? Because I take it that nobody looked Brent in the eye and said, hey, I'm not all in. I'm going to go. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go to the portal. Can you write me a recommendation? That's what I heard. That's what I took from that comment by Brent Venables is he offered that up as an alternative to anybody who wanted it. And nobody took him up. Now, again, there's a difference between a guy being bought in in his mind and being bought in in the coaching staff's mind. And that is why I will reiterate, you're going to see some processing this offseason. Yeah, You'll see gonna, quite a bit gonna, of it. It's going to be but, a busy offseason, no doubt. No doubt. And look, Oklahoma could come back. Maybe if they play, if they play 
somewhere near the standard of Oklahoma football. They could they could get to six and six and get to a ball game, a really bad ball game. But you know, to me, that's what you're looking at right now. Try and get to six wins again. Save that recruiting class, man. Build a wall around that recruiting class. Those are precious jewels you need to get where you want to be as a program again. You can't let it fall apart. Now, I expect again if they go five and seven, four and eight, something like that, or three and nine, there are going to be some defectors in that recruiting class. But you got to hold as much of that class together as you can, and then you hit the portal, 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 portal as much as you can. All right, break time right here. Thank you to Last Year Home Comfort Systems, our opening hour sponsor, Tim and his company. They'll do a great job for you, 405-579-3113. Mike Steely along with Parker Thune. It's a Wednesday edition, home of Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Network. Caden McFarland joining us coming up next. Here he is, big-time Notre Dame fan and a world-famous sports director in Tulsa, Mr. Caden McFarland, joining us on the Riverwind Casino Hotline on this Wednesday. Caden, how's everything? You guys treat me so well. It puts a smile on my face every time I hear that fight song. And, uh, yeah, what, what a way to welcome me in. That's nice of you, Steel Man. Well, it's Parker Thune is really the nice guy. He's the man controlling like the buttons Parker. over hey, there. So, yeah. Let, I've, I've watched now the last couple of weeks because what is more entertaining? Well, lots of things, I suppose. <laughs> After the Sooners, uh, whew, how, how do we describe what's happened the last couple of weeks? But it, you, it, you don't need to get too answers. descriptive there, Caden. Uh, we, we all understand. Debacle, catastrophe, uh, what? I don't know as, what the, the word is. As you go looking for answers on YouTube, as I do for everything in life, I can't fix anything. Uh, I got to say, Parker does a great job with. Uh, I, just, I like the faces he makes, it just kind of in the back. It says it kind of like Jim from The Office a lot <laughs> without saying anything. Yeah. And uh, no, it's, I, I enjoy watching that. So uh, I look. I'm the faces he's making. I, I'm right there with you. I I just really have no answers. I hope you guys aren't coming to me to fix what ails the sooner. Yeah, we're right trying now. to get Certainly you to be Mr. Mister. Mr. This isn't a fix-a-flat issue. This is an engine overhaul right now is, is what we're looking at. Yeah. By the way, Mark Desher, yeah. OU photo guy, uh, right over there across the hall, great dude, very talented. He told me he was down at field level, and he looked over at Parker at one point, and Parker had the look of just total, you know, stunned <laughs> silence and just a look of like, who am I? Why am I here? You know, yeah. Admiral Stockdale in the vice presidential debate way back in the day. Okay. Um, <laughs> can you, I mean, can have you ever seen anything like this where a team, and we know the talent disparity once you got in conference play was going to be different, but have you ever seen anything like this where a team comes out, looks organized, looks like they're better on the defensive side of the ball? Things look pretty good. 
and then all of a sudden it looks like they can't play football three weeks later. No, never seen it. Put that out on Twitter, legitimately looking for comps of some sort. I've been watching college football for 35 years. Never seen it. And, hey, let's forget the Nebraska game. Forget the Nebraska game ever happened. How about we just go back two weeks, a game they lost in their Big 12 opener against Kansas State. That looked like a capable football team. They outgained Kansas State on that day. They ran between the 20s without issue. You couldn't have told me on that night that the next two weeks were remotely possible. Um, You know, it's different, obviously, without Dylan Gabriel. So part of what we saw last week isn't going to be the case going forward, assuming that Gabriel can play. But everything else coming apart, no, I don't have answers for it. I don't have a comp for it other than confidence is huge. I I was just listening to the press conference from Sonny Dykes as they get ready for Oklahoma State. He talked about how key confidence was for his guys, and he thinks it's just – in every walk of life, in every job, nothing is more important than confidence. And if that's true, that nothing is more important than confidence, then maybe that gives us the biggest clue we can find with regard to what's happened to the Sooners. Uh, I, I think that when guys go, when you sign up to go play for OU here in the last two decades, man, you kind of feel like 10 wins is, is the floor and that's your birthright. And when you get punched in the mouth the way they've been punched in the mouth the last couple of weeks, and there are lots of reasons for that, I suppose. But I think, I think they're having a hard time dealing with it. And it, it makes it worse having played as well as they did against Nebraska and having all of us say, oh, you know what? It's the old OU. They're back. It, it's just like it's always been. These guys are the Big 12 title uh, you know, favorite. I, I, I think they've, it's taken them some time. We'll see you know, on Saturday if, if they figured it out yet. It's taken them some time to, to come to grips with the fact that they are not who they thought they were. Um, so I, I think confidence is a big part of it, but there's much, much more than that. Um, I obviously just there, there is less talent on hand than there has been. And that is, that is huge. And, you know, Brent's going to have to recruit his way out of it. I'm sure you guys have talked about the comments he made last night on his radio show. And, you know, I'll help you transfer if, if you're not all the way in on this thing. And, you know, I've, I've been waiting for him to say that for a few days now, uh, whether that actually, you know, does any good, it, it feels like it does some good to at least hear it and hear that that's where he is right now. You know what I mean? That this, this is a guy who wants – his back is against the wall and he's ready to come out swinging. They are not who we thought they were. Caden McFarland, no. the anti-Dennis no, Green. The <laughs> yeah, anti-Dennis Green. That's Caden, right. uh, well, let me ask you then. You mentioned the talent deficiency, and it's conspicuous. There's just not as much talent top to bottom on this roster as there has been in years past. But at the same time – see a lot of programs across the Big 12 right now with a lot less talent, at least on paper, than Oklahoma winning football games, at the very least staying competitive in football games. How much do you hold the coaches accountable for the Sooners' struggles as of late, even though everything is so new and it is year one under this new administration? Yeah, I, how, how can you not? They are doing less with more than anybody in this league by a country mile. You know, I'm not good enough with the X's and O's to tell you if this three-man versus four-man front, how much that's factoring in. I, I, I'm not going to get into the weeds with that. There are, there are guys in this market, there are guys all over this state who played for that school or just have played college football who are better equipped to answer that sort of thing. But when you're losing 49 to nothing or 55 to 24, it's obvious even to a dummy like me that you are not coming up with the best possible plan for your players and so 
yeah, I, I think that in an attempt to build for the future and be who he has always been, Brent I'm talking about, uh, he, he hasn't come up with the best game plans for his defense specifically um, going forward. You know, I, I think Levy tried last week, you know, with Bevel out there, going to the Wildcat. I mean, it, that, that wasn't going to beat Texas, but maybe it could shorten the game and give you a chance, you know, if they convert, uh, you know, score a touchdown on that drive in the first quarter where, you know, the fake field goal worked. Uh, and got them a first down, and it's 7-7, and you've shortened the game a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, maybe it is yeah. a little bit. Maybe it gives them a little confidence, and it's a little bit different. So, I can see offensively how, I mean, he, that, that wasn't a winning hand. He did what he could. But defensively, yeah, man, I, I, I don't think they've done a good job uh, the last three weeks. Now, that's not to say that that's just who he is. He's never going to get it figured out. It, and it's also not to say that the only way out of it is to recruit the kind of athletes he had at Clemson. I think Brent's perfectly capable of doing more with what he has on hand defensively now. But here's something that I wish I had tweeted it out. This would have been right after the Kansas State game. So before TCU put a nod on their head, Brent said something in his Monday press conference that I thought was really interesting. And he made reference to, I won't get the wording exactly right, but he made reference to the fact that there there's some scar tissue with regard to this defense there are Mm -hmm. these guys have been through a lot uh and their confidence maybe is an issue he he gave us a hint at that going into the tcu game and i think in hindsight i yeah i mean that's now kind of a blinking neon light for me he he's known for a while now um that it's not just about the talent he's got on hand and how strong they it's it's for whatever reason, I think their lack of confidence, the lack of success they've had in the past, keeps them from doing some of those fundamental things that they're being drilled to do uh, when it, when the lights are on. And so we're seeing the same old OU defense, maybe even worse than it ever was, with Mike Stoops or Alex Grimm. Well, and you know what? Uh, I, I think it's going to take a lot of work to get out of it. I think, Caden, you know, Parker talked about this. You're kind of rewiring some of these guys and their their confidence level. You know, when you're winning and you're making plays and you got the sacks and you've got the tackles for loss they had early in the season, things are going great. But once you got punched in the mouth, guess what? That confidence was pretty darn fragile. For a lot of these guys. All right, real quick before we let you go, what happens in Norman Saturday morning? What do you think is going to happen uh, with that Oklahoma State TCU game as well this weekend? My my confidence in picking things is about as low as an OU defensive player's confidence right now. I I, I feel like I've been wrong every which way uh, there is. Uh, I I think I can absolutely understand why TCU's a, a three point favorite or whatever they are. Uh, OSU has struggled in recent years in Fort Worth. But Spencer Sanders, as a senior, that defense has been good in big spots. I, I, I think the Cowboys are a little bit better team, and I think they'll come out just a little bit ahead on, on the scoreboard on Saturday. Um, I, I, can't, I can't pick OU right now. I mean, I get why they're the favorite. Uh, they do have more talent than Kansas. This is a tough spot for Kansas, uh, you know, being now, you know, being the quarterback, and OU knows what he's about, faced him last year. Some of the secrets are out on Kansas. I mean, I, I get why OU's the favorite, but and and Dylan Gabriel likely playing coming back in. But man, I I got to go Kansas in a close one. I, I until I see it from the Sooners, until it looks a whole lot better, I just can't project that. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. I'm like, man, until I see these guys play what looks like pretty good football again, it's hard it's hard yeah. to make that call. But can Oklahoma win this weekend? Absolutely they can, no doubt. And, uh, you know, if they play their brand of football uh, near their standard, they can absolutely get it done. But we haven't seen anything close to that recently. Caden, as always, we appreciate your time. We'll talk again soon.
You bet, fellas. Thank you. Caden McFarland joining us on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. Over 2,800 electronic games, all your favorite table games. They have a great poker room, best bars and dining. we got the River Buffet, Chips and Ales Pub Restaurant, Coop Ale House Bar, the Seasons Food Court, and we've got a Bedlam Beats and Bites outdoor concert coming up at Riverwind, presented by Riverwind and Phillips 66, Friday night, November 18th. The Eli Young Band and Wade Bowen on a Friday night outdoors at Riverwind. Tickets are $5 at the box office and at Riverwind.com. Riverwind Casino, simply the best. We'll get to as many texts as we can when we get back. Stay here. All right, we are back, 405-651-3439 on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Mike Steely, Parker Thune with you here on the Home of Sooner Fans, the Ref Radio Network. Let's get right there right now to the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Let's do it. Oh, Pete from Tulsa says the problem boils down to play calling and our defensive secondary's lack of discipline. There's some issues. There are definitely some issues. It felt like Quinn Ewers had all day back there. And one of the times when he was pressured, you know, Woody Washington's there to make an interception, can't hang on to it. So, uh, Several listeners have asked, DJ Graham to wide receiver, question mark? Hmm. Uh, that, has been, that has been reported by our boy Jalen Ross. I have not had time to check up on that. Uh, but it is out there now that DJ Graham is making the move to wide receiver. I know that that had been a conversation in the spring. DJ and has that a was wide actually, receiver passed. Yes, and that was actually a move that DJ wanted to make. He wanted to switch to wide receiver. The coaching staff was like, let's pump the brakes on that. But going back to January, February, that was a conversation that was being had. So if that is happening, it would not shock me. I question how much playing time DJ Graham's going to get at receiver uh, because you look at that room right now. Obviously, Marvin Mims and Jalil Farouk uh, are, the, are the guys that are shouldering Jalil the Jalil Farouk's weight. becoming a star, by the way. I he guess looks it, like he's got that potential. What's going on with Theo Weiss? Yeah, though? what is? What that, is that's a big question mark, right? Yeah. Uh, another listener asked, any update on Malachi Coleman? Still not coming to you. Uh, OU moved on from that kid about three weeks ago, and there hasn't really – I mean, there has there has been an update. It's just not pertinent to Oklahoma in any regard, so I'm not going to really get into it. Um, Gunny of Stutzman Army says, how many games do we win in these last six? I say we win at least four with Baylor and Oki Light being good games. Really? Hmm. I, 
I don't know right now that I would take Oklahoma over either Baylor or Oklahoma State. No, I mean, if they improve, absolutely. You've got home games there. Um, could they do it? But, man, they've got to make a lot of progress. I mean, I'm Captain Obvious here. But at the same time, um, right now I'm at 6-6 six and six at best. And I know that's a boomer-doomer prediction there. But based on what I've seen, man, you, you're not talking about just a few adjustments here and there to win some games. You're talking about, like I said, this isn't a fix a flat. This is <laughs> You need some new tires. I don't know why I always make car analogies because I, I – kill cars i think this goes beyond needing new tires too if that's the analogy complete overhaul you might just need to put a new engine in the thing need to go to the seth wadley auto group and get something new it's sounding like the taurus yeah steely some of these boomer doomers are the same guys who divorce their wives for gaining weight after giving birth to their kids man don't 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 do that there are more boomer doomers out right now but look i i mean there's a there's a reason. Sometimes it's hard to stay positive based on what you saw a historic beatdown on the Texas side, and then you saw again TCU uh, just you know throw haymakers at Oklahoma all day long. That's Sooner fans aren't used to that, man. They aren't. And uh, when you're talking about the last three weeks com- in comparison to the John Blake era, that is not. Not good. Someone asked, can anyone play backup quarterback? I'll, I'll do it. I volunteer as tribute. Now, I played baseball for years and years and years, and as I played more and more baseball, my ability to throw a spiral became more and more inhibited. So, still got plenty of arm strength. It's just not going to look pretty getting there. So, everybody just needs to have that expectation. Whenever I go out there onto the field in garbage time, the ball's going to get where it needs to go. It's just going to look like a wounded duck getting there. Hey, as long as it gets there, right? Is BB stubbornly trying to push a square peg in a round hole with the defense and uh, calling a defense that these guys aren't capable of playing yet? Maybe there's some different schemes that would better fit the skill sets and put them in better positions to make plays. Just a thought from Clearwater Sooner. What do you think? Brent's pretty much said, you know, you got to put your system in and what you believe in. Well, right. I mean, here's here's what people need to understand, and we talked about this Monday. Sounds like he's digging his uh, heels in on that. Brent's not the one calling the defense right now. That's been left to the roof. Upon a roof. Yeah. So there's that. Now, one of the things that I discussed over the weekend with several sources close to the program and really got one sentiment in return is BV just needs to take more control. And I think most tangibly that means being more hands-on with this defense, because as I've said, I've said this multiple times over the last couple of days, Steely, it simply doesn't make sense for the best defensive coach in all of college football to be serving as a CEO right now, especially when his defense is floundering the way that it is. Yeah, I, I, I'd be in favor of that. I think that would be a, a good move. And, again, we're hearing from uh, all the experts out there that the, the two main things you hear most negatively about are the three-man front and Ted Roof. Those are the two scapegoat favorites in Vegas right now. One's real, though, a real human being, which sucks. But uh, I'm not talking about Ted Roof. I'm talking about you hate to see a guy come here and be, you know, kind of 
the fall guy so far, at least according to the fans. But, man, that, that happens at places like Oklahoma. Oh, boy, here's the sunshine pumper take. Here we go. I'm, I'm being facetious because okay. this is actually just – I mean, this is the bright side. One listener says, I'd rather this rebuild be happening now than first year of the SEC. Can you imagine if Oklahoma was playing Georgia next year? Oh, gosh. Again, think in SMU as a replacement. Yeah, that, that sounds a lot better. So we'll see. I Like I said, I do believe in Brent. I do, and I believe in this coaching staff. But, man, they, they got some more positive things need to start happening and happening quickly. Thank you, Tim Lasher, Lasher Home Comfort Systems. We appreciate you sponsoring Hour Number 1. We've got more to come. Hour number two in the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley is our sponsor, and they will uh, they'll make you very happy. If you're looking for a vehicle, new or pre-owned, Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley, exit 72. They've got a great selection of cars, trucks, SUVs, pre-owned vehicles. They're always looking for the best, and uh, everybody's looking. A lot of people are looking for pre-owned vehicles right now. They'll give you a great deal on yours, and uh, they also have the great guarantee after the sale. Oil changes engines for life on newer used gas or diesel at no additional cost to you. Anything with no additional cost is a good thing. That's a good guarantee. Hey, it's a it's a good college football weekend in the Big 12, Kansas at Oklahoma, 11 a.m. on ESPN2. The Cowboys playing in Fort Worth against TCU. Uh, two 5-0 teams going at it, 2.30 on ABC. Baylor at West Virginia is a game tomorrow night on Fox Sports 1. Iowa State at Texas, Rooster kickoff on ABC coming up on Saturday. Uh, K-State and Texas Tech are off this weekend. And then nationally, you've got Bama at Tennessee, man. Neyland Stadium is going to be rocking, 2.30 on CBS. We'll hear from Josh Heupel and Nick Saban on the matchup uh, coming up in our next segment. Maybe Muleshoe takes his first L in Salt Lake City against the Utah Utes this weekend. Utah. Maybe, but then again, we've been saying maybe Muleshoe takes his first L this I weekend know. for like a month. I know. They're 6-0, and man. 7 o'clock on Fox. Utah lost to Florida and uh, lost to UCLA. Where is the SC-UCLA game? Because, man, uh, Dylan Gabriel was about to be, you know, in the quarterback mix at UCLA, but guess who's having a great year? DTR, man. Man, he's been there forever. (laughs) He has been there forever. He has been there forever. Is this year five? Has he been starting since 2018? It feels like he played played on Owen Field like 10 years ago, right? Did he start that game? Yeah. So I know he started – when they went to uh, when OU went to the Rose Bowl in 2019, I know he was the starter that day. I'm doing some. I quick thought he started digging. in Norman too. If I'm uh, mistaken, yeah, he did. He did. So this is year five. That's what's bizarre about COVID, man. Rose got- Bowl for SC and uh, UCLA, by the way, November 19th. So 
in front of 20,000 faithful fans. Yeah, I know. It's it's like the Rose Bowl, that's a home game. Oh, yeah, nobody shows up. That's right. They will for USC, but, yeah, it'll be 15,000 or so. 15,000 masked-up individuals Could be. that are <laughs> socially distanced. All right, uh, so you have also Penn State at Michigan, Mississippi State at Kentucky, Clemson at FSU. Arkansas is getting K.J. Jefferson back. They're playing in Salt Lake City against BYU this weekend. But clearly, uh, the, the two, uh, you know, and Oklahoma State, TCU is a heck of a matchup. Two undefeated teams, you know. Cowboys also kind of have the, the inside lane right now after winning at Baylor, I think. But that would be uh, – and if Oklahoma State can somehow win this game in Fort Worth, that's a huge victory for Mike Gundy and company. I'll tell you who's coaching them up and who has been coaching up for a while. That staff in Stillwater, man. They're not, get, they're not getting the players that Oklahoma's getting. They're certainly not getting the players that Texas is getting. Uh, but guess what? Those guys are getting coached up, and they are playing some really good football. No doubt about it. And Mike Gundy – you know, he's a little bit out there sometimes, which I like, but uh, he is doing a tremendous job. And, uh, you know, maybe the Tampa Bay Buccaneers should have hired him. No, I'm, I'm yeah, content I'm, with what the Buccaneers Gundy, did. Gundy, you know what? Gundy is forever a cowboy now. I am convinced of that because Mike Holder's not there. He gets along with Chad Weiberg, likes the new president. Uh, and so I think Mike Gundy is getting – less resistance to some of the things he needs there but hey mule shoe was forever a sooner right i don't know but gundy there's a difference though if you're an alum right mule shoe's allegiance is to himself clearly and his ego i agree with you i think if gundy hasn't taken a different job by now i don't know that he will yeah I, i i would be shocked if he didn't finish his career in stillwater and like i said man he's doing a fantastic job with that program all right, uh, 405-651-3439 on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. We have uh, Garen Emig coming up, Tulsa World columnist, talking Oklahoma football and more coming up at 135, mainly Oklahoma football. That's what we do here. Somebody was like, Steely, why aren't you talking to any baseball? Because uh, this is a Sooner show. We don't, I mean, 2% of our audience might want to hear that. They want to talk about Oklahoma football. And that's what we zero in here on Oklahoma. Listen, football. I'm a big Los Angeles Dodgers mm-hmm. fan. Yeah. I would love, I would love to sit here for half an hour and uh, discuss in great detail the Dodgers' chances to make a run at a second World Series title in three years. But none of you care. Yeah, and absolutely. That's fine. This I, the plate here is very simple. What we serve is a big old Sooner steak on the plate. It's kind of like that steak in Amarillo at 72 ounces, and then there's some teeny tiny side dishes that go along, like a little bitty tiny salad here and there. Correct. And the smallest baked potato you'll ever find. It's like a micro baked potato that's very small, and maybe we throw something else in here and there, but mainly this is going to be Sooner stuff. If you order a steak, we're not going to bring you a salad. Not as the entree, that is. Side salad. Yeah. Proverbially speaking. You've never Uh, been out to Amarillo to try the 72-ounce steak challenge? Oh, my gosh. You thought about it? I just – okay, so uh, unrelated, actually tangentially related, because it made me think of this. Travis Davidson and I were at the OU Club of Fort Worth Mm -hmm. on Friday uh, leading up to OU Texas. We were there to address the OU Club of Fort Worth, us, Porter Moser, and then Barry Trammell, the Oklahoman. 
And Travis and I are hanging out there with the vineyards, uh, our bosses here at the ref. And we're sitting around this table having a nice catered lunch. And at some point, I don't know how we got to this topic. I don't know how it came up. But Travis mentioned that there was once a time where he went 40 straight days without eating anything but red meat. Really? Yes. Wow. He I said just... he ate two ribeyes a day, and that was it. I can't fathom that, Steely. Why not? Because, okay, listen. Listen. Eating only red meat, I feel like, would be awesome for three days. Day four rolls around, you'd be like, okay, I'm getting really tired of this. Man, Travis is going back to the caveman era there. Pure meat, man. That was wild to hear because I've done I've done diets before, generally involuntarily when I was a child. Uh, my mom would decide that uh, we were all going to try out this new uh, – it, it was the Whole30 one year. You, you familiar with the Whole30? No. Okay. It's basically – it's a diet that has a whole bunch of restrictions, uh, very oddly specific restrictions, like you can eat fruit, but you can't drink fruit juice. So uh, it eliminates grains and most carbs. It's like literally just like meat and vegetables and fruit and eggs, kind of. We did that for barely two weeks, and I was dying. Like, I need a slice of bread. Please. Please. I cannot fathom going over a month eating nothing but red meat. Yeah, at a that's, certain point, that's, you could uh, not. Like at a certain point, you could not convince me to put another bite of steak into my mouth. Man, Travis, that's. Uh, I don't know if that's impressive or crazy, or maybe both. I think it's both. Yeah, it's a lot of both. My, uh, I've been on a diet recently. It's uh, it's the Hostess diet. And it's uh, it's it's not very good for you. But you know what? It. Uh, it's very tasty. Very tasty. Uh, from the 918, this listener says, The defense, I honestly have no words. The offense, I want Levy to work, but if I'm Jackson Arnold, I would have already decommitted. Looks to me he can't develop good mechanics and quarterbacks, and to top it off with a week to prepare, knowing DG was out, the best game plan you could, co- could come up with was two variations of Wildcat and zero catches for Mims. Just wow. Please tell me if I'm wrong. Yes, I think you're wrong. And I think there's validity to some of the things that you said. But what you also have to keep in mind is that Jeff Lebby did not get any opportunity to work with Davis Bevel and or General Booty until August. Mm -hmm. They are brand spanking new to this system at the University of Oklahoma and to this program. And here's another thing. I'm going to say this and it's going to cause a lot of debate because people have varying opinions on it. But to a certain extent, accuracy is just one of those things you can't teach. What about footwork of, if it's causing the accuracy? Yes, though? that's mechanical tweaks you can or make. Or lack of accuracy. Certainly. Certainly. I mean, but Jeff Levy's a former he's a former O-lineman, right? But they've got J.P. Losman out there, right? Well. I mean, to an extent. Yeah, to an extent. I mean, can he say something? Like, you might want to look at the footwork. It's not very. I don't know. But you remember in <laughs> JP Losman threw at the spring or uh not at the spring game, but at the uh at the combine. Can they at if Gabriel the, doesn't play if pro Ga- day. If, it'll use pro yeah, day. and wowed everybody. Can they if Gabriel doesn't play, can he get like the Bobby Valentine mustache, you know, and <laughs> r- can they trot him out there and put like or 
you know, we've got all kinds of technology. You could probably, you know, do that face-off thing uh, with J.P. Lozman and Davis Bebel, like the movie Face Off, and you just put J.P. Lozman out there. Would anybody know? We were, all, we were all joking back in April about how, oh, shoot, J.P. Lozman might be the second-best quarterback <laughs> OU has on campus. Guess what? Turns out that yeah. wasn't a lie. Guess what? Yeah. So uh, uh, this this is just crazy. This whole I, I you know. All right. Uh, uh, this listener says very concerned about Uncle's well being. As am I because yeah. you know he took the forty one tequila shots after the Kansas State game. Uh, assuming he's stuck to the same regimen, that would mean a hundred and four total tequila shots over the last two weeks. In the aftermath of the TCU game and the Texas game. <laughs> That's a lot of tequila. Oklahoma needs Chad Powers from the 405. From the 713, I tune in and Parker is talking about the Whole30 diet and Travis eating red meat. It's definitely a down year. Well, it is. <laughs> it, it is a down year. Uh, Can confirm. All right. Crazy. So, uh. Yeah, somebody uh, very well connected says there's no way that Parker has seen Face Off. Face Off? Yes. That's where they took the face off John Travolta. Who who was the other dude in that? Was it Nicolas Cage in that movie? Yeah, you're right. You're right. I don't know. That was Teddy, also, by the going way. Back he's, to the- he's apparently a big uh, Face Off fan. But just put him in disguise. Put him in disguise. I'm going See back to happens. the original text. Uh, off of which we kind of got sidetracked. But I, why would you have decommitted if you're Jackson Arnold? Because the situation in Oklahoma at this point screams, we need you. We need you bad. And also, last week doesn't take away from the greater narrative surrounding Jeff Levy's abilities as an offensive coordinator. When you have your starter on the sideline and you have the guy that was purportedly in line to get the start in his place, suffer an allergic reaction before kickoff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it makes a lot more sense in hindsight why the game mm-hmm. plan was bizarre, and it was bizarre, but I'm comfortable asserting that that is a blip and not a trend. By the way, any truth that DJ Graham is switching to wide receiver? Day? Yeah, 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 yes, yes, yes. Uh, we talked about that. Parker answered that a minute ago. And from the 918, before we get to a break, one more thing. Yeah, yeah. go ahead and tell the best quarterback in this class to decommit. That's what they need to hear. Idiots. Idiots everywhere. That's that's the texter. That's not me. So There are some idiots out there. There are plenty of them. I mean, I doing. might be an idiot too, but they're there are crawling out of the other, walls. Yeah, this plenty week. of other idiots out there. They're out there. All right. Uh 405-651-3439, the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Mike Steely Parker Thune coming back. Let's also hear from Nick Saban and Josh. Heupel on their big matchup this weekend in Knoxville. You have to say it, Knoxville. That's how they say it there. Really? Knoxville. Knoxville? Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. Never heard it pronounced If you like say that. Knoxville, they will knock your teeth out there in Knoxville. Well, I don't question that. Yeah. All right. We'll be right back. Homo Sooner fans, the ref.
Okay, we've got Garen Emig coming up in our next segment. He'll join us on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. Riverwind Casino, we've got Bedlam Beats and Bites coming up on Friday night, November 18th. That's going to be big time outdoors, presented by Riverwind and Phillips 66. Eli Young Band and Wade Bowen. Tickets are only five bucks at the box office and at Riverwind.com. Of course, Riverwind Casino voted year in and year out the best casino experience in the metro area, and it's easy to tell why. Over 2,800 electronic games, all of your favorite table games, a great poker room, the best bars, best dining, best service. You've got uh, the incredible Coop Ale House Bar, the River Buffet, Chips and Ales, the Seasons Food Court. Great promotions like the new member seven. Uh, new patrons who sign up for a wild card can earn up to 450 bucks in their first 24 hours with that wild card. That is a heck of a deal. Great Halloween promotions happening this month as well. Check them all out at Riverwind.com. Riverwind Casino, simply the best. Right before we get back to the Air Comfort Solutions text line at 405-651-3439. Tennessee and Bama coming up. Uh, 2.30 on CBS uh, this weekend. The uh, Bama team, of course, we'll see what's going on with Bryce Young. We know that uh, Tennessee's been playing some great football. Uh, can they take down Alabama? Nick Saban hasn't lost to Tennessee. Let's hear from uh, Josh Heupel first. And uh, Josh Heupel and the balls they are hyped up. Obviously, this is uh, this is why you you come to Tennessee and and uh, want to be in this league. Got uh, got a big time matchup this weekend. Uh, really excited. Um, obviously, you know game day, SEC Nation, um, the environment that that will be here on Saturday. Really excited about uh, that, and uh, our players have earned the right to to build to get to this point uh, to play a game like this. So um, preparation is going to be critical in this one. Uh, Alabama is really good. Um, uh, offense, defense, special teams, they got really good personnel in, in all three phases of the game and will obviously be a huge test for us. But uh, our players are excited, and, and um, this morning was good preparation. Need to have a great week of, uh, of practice and get ready to play our best football. There you go, Josh Heupel. Somebody texted me uh, yesterday and said, hey, uh, man, if Brent doesn't work out down the road, do you think Josh Heupel would come back to Oklahoma? My answer to that would be no. No. Josh Heupel, the bridge was detonated there. Uh, which is which is kind of sad because Josh Heupel is a national championship quarterback. But I think he feels the same way to a certain extent about Oklahoma right now, the way that OU fans feel about Muleshoe, that he got done wrong. And Heupel being let go led to the Muleshoe experience, right, which is not a band you want to see. The mule shoe experience. That's right. <laughs> who would the uh, who would the roadies be? Obviously Clark Stroud. Oh yeah, well Clark Stroud, of course. Anybody else? Latrell McCutcheon. Roy Manning would be the hype guy, of course. Then he would take other musicians from the portal, of course, from other bands. That's how mule shoe does it, right? Every you know, if they have a bad concert, he just goes and gets another guitarist, you know, somehow, some way. I would still like to see Pat Narduzzi knock him out because it sounded like Pat Narduzzi wanted to knock him out. Can you imagine having the Bolitnikoff award-winning wide receiver? How good you're feeling, man! Man, I know we lost. Uh, I know we lost. Uh, Kenny, but man, we got we got uh, Addison coming back. We'll find a quarterback. <laughs> this will be great. And what? 
Well, who? Jordan. Shut up. Are you kidding me? Get his ass on the phone now. Call L.A. <laughs> to be fair, <laughs> if Jordan Addison had stuck around, hey, here's what here's what probably happened. Jordan Addison saw Davis Bevel throwing the ball around in spring, and he was like, I, I, need it. I need to find somewhere else. <laughs> that may be. All right. Uh, here's Nick Saban talking about the matchup with the Volunteers this weekend. We're going to play a really good Tennessee team. Uh, you know, this game means a lot to a lot of people in Alabama. It's kind of a rivalry game, and uh, it's always been an important game for us. Um, Tennessee's got an outstanding team. They're undefeated. Uh, Josh has done a really, really good job there. Um, probably one of the most explosive co- uh, offenses, if not the most explosive offense, you know, in the country. Uh, their defense is, you know, one of the top defensive teams, especially in terms of creating negative plays and um, making people difficult for them to score. Um, 17 points a game is, you know, really good and one of the tops in the SEC. This is a really, really good team, a real challenge for us. There you go, Nick Saban. And uh, what do you think about that matchup? Oh, between Alabama and Tennessee, mm-hmm. just like in an overall sense? Is it all about I, whether Young plays or not? I mean, can Bama go there and win with Jalen I think they can. I think they can. I think it's obviously going to be more difficult because Bryce Young is the best quarterback in the nation for my money right now, and it's a tight race between him and C.J. Stroud and Caleb Williams. But I still give the slight edge to Bryce Young. And I think Alabama is a complete enough football team that they can and will win this game regardless of whether Young plays. Which brings up another interesting point, which is how is it that Jimbo just has Alabama's number all of a sudden? Because they were one play away from winning that game on Saturday night. I, a year out, In Tuscaloosa, too. They were one play away from winning in Tuscaloosa a year mm, after knocking off Saban know. and Alabama in College Station. It's weird how some of these things, uh, some of these matchups start to go. And, again, what do we all think immediately? Man, Nick Saban is going to bury A&M, you know, under the turf there in Tuscaloosa when they meet. Um, and it didn't happen. And, look, I give A&M credit, man, but that was the worst play call ever. One of the worst that they made on that play. And Bama defended it very well, you know. Um, those guys at Alabama tend to be in position and uh, go with the uh, fundamentals. Come on, guys. Clark Stroud is a groupie, says the 817. <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe. Kylan Brokenbow asks, has anyone thought about the passing game being total crap outside of two receivers because Kale is gone, or are we not allowed to mention that? I don't think that's fair. I think that's kind of prisoner of the moment, if I'm being honest, because you think back to the first few games of the season, since Dylan Gabriel got concussed and things took a turn for the worse, obviously the passing game has been anemic. But before that... Theo Weiss made a couple of huge plays over the first few games. Obviously, Marvin Mims was dynamic. Jalil Farouk looked really, really good. Uh, Braden Willis was eaten. I'm trying to think who else. I, I, I don't think it's fair to say that it's only Mims and Farouk right now at receiver for Oklahoma because I think that's 
that definitely shortchanges Theo Weiss and what he was able mm-hmm. to do until he got Which, injured. That's in a that weird situation season. going on. And Braden Willis has been a great receiver too. Now for Braden Willis, the dude's so talented, man. He's been the, like the Swiss Army knife of the uh, OU offense so far. That dude has had a tremendous. Here's year. my question: How long has it been since Drake Stoops caught a legitimate pass? Well, they're hard to catch when they're thrown at your cleats. Yes, and I think he had one. I think he may have have had a reception or two in technicality against Texas on Saturday, but it was because it was those little jet sweep tosses, right, where it's a completion that travels literally about six inches. I think other than that, and I'm going to have to fact check myself on this, but I think you've got to go back to the Nebraska game Hmm. to find the last time Drake Stoops caught a pass. Wow. Yeah. We'll uh, see if we can go ahead and Google that up. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a quick break. Keep those texts rolling in on the Air Coverage Solutions text line at 405-651-3439. Man, I've had a headache all day today, and it just can't be stopped. I'm going to have to call the Excedrin squad and bring in another platoon because the first one didn't do the, didn't do the work. All right, Garen Emig. Outstanding columnist for the Tulsa World. We'll talk a little sooner football with us when we get back. Right here on The Ref. We are back, Mike Steely, Parker Thune. Good to have you along on this Wednesday edition on the Home Suitor Fans, the Ref Radio Network. Pre-game for Oklahoma and Kansas begins at 7 a.m. from Balfour on Campus Corner in Norman this Saturday. Garen Emig joining us on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. Garen, I appreciate you jumping on with us. I thought you asked uh, Brent an interesting question yesterday, and he, he kind of looked at it like, Ooh, what? And then, then he, he understood what you were asking. And you basically asked him about, do you have other eyes, you know, like Bob Stoops, uh, you know, do you talk to him or consult him, you right. know, with what's going on right now? And uh, what, what did you think of the answer? And, you know, what's, what's going on with the defense right now at OU? <laughs> what's going on with the defense is going to take an answer I don't have time to give you. Um, the answer to the Stoops question, it was just, I mean, I, I imagine others have thought similarly. If, if nothing else, call Bob, call Dabo Sweeney, call Bill Snyder. Gosh, call, the, call his uh, varsity coach back at Salina South. I think that's where he went. Salina, Kansas, when he played high school football, anyone who has any kind of help he can give a guy who has never been through a crisis like this, this deep, because he's never been a head coach before, he's, he's been a coordinator at a couple of pretty high-profile places, so he, he knows what angst feels like, a very demanding fan basis. But, but this, is, this OU free fall is sort of historic, Mike. It's, it's, you know, we're, we're going back a long way, and it's, a, it's an unfortunate tumble from grace to find the last time that, that particularly to your point, Oklahoma's defense was this pitiful for three straight weeks. And Brent Venables was not hired as an offensive guy. He wasn't like his predecessor. He was hired to fix the defense more than anything. That's his, that's his prime directive as a coach. 
And for this to be happening under his watch, it's got to be killing him. And, uh, and it is, clearly. I, I, I was actually encouraged. I don't know how you guys felt, but I was actually encouraged that he came back. He came out a little more combative yesterday than, he, than bewildered, because I thought he'd look bewildered yeah. after games against TCU and Texas yesterday. Not, you know, not so much with me, but, with, but I guess you could say that his answer might have been somewhat it was puzzling, and maybe a combative would be one word to describe it. But for, but for him to fire back a few things that more than one reporter, I took that as a positive step for him because he, he's got to sort of put his foot in the damn ground and, and get this thing turned and not look like he'd been completely shell-shocked by what he'd just seen. Okay, Garen, do your best to try and diagnose the root of the issue right now for Oklahoma as they uh, have are now smack dab in the middle of a free fall and at new lows for this program when you look at the last decade or two at the very least. So how much of it falls on lack of talent? How much of it falls on lack of confidence? And honestly, how much of it falls on coaching? Well, I'd start with your last – I'd start with coaching. Um, I – I, I don't think the roster is where it needs to be. That's that's not a big, you know, breaking news item. We we know the turnover that took place last year. We know that there were deficiencies even before that turnover took place when when Riley and Grinch were still around. Um, but this is this is this is unacceptable for the the caliber of players that 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 you got even at at non peak Oklahoma. I mean, it's they. Sh- if, I'd say this, guys. If, if this, you know, if Nebraska had scored 30 in losing in Lincoln, um, if, if there hadn't been players in the right spots in those wins over UTEP, Kent State, and Nebraska, and if you hadn't seen players make sure, more confident tackles, then, then, then maybe we could have the discussion about there being a, a real talent problem in Norman. It's relative. This is this is to me eighty to ninety percent on coaching. Something has there's a disconnect between what Venables and his staff members on that side of the ball are teaching, and how that that message is being accepted. I don't have an explanation for it because I, I'm not sure how to explain something like this. But that's that's where I'd start. Garen Amy, our guest, columnist, Tulsa World, talking a little Oklahoma football. You know. Garen, I'm a firm believer you've got to give a guy time, and I know there's some people out there, the the total panic people, who are saying, man, pull the plug right now, which is absolutely (laughs) ridiculous. But, you know, all of a sudden you're Brent and you're out there in the ocean, you know, and and the the vessel is taking on some water already. And, uh, you know... The iceberg is not in sight yet, but it's it's out there. So, you know, if right. if you don't improve and win a few more games and get some positive things going, I, you know, there's a lot of pressure even in your second season. I mean, uh, I, I just can't believe, and I haven't seen anything turn this drastically, Garen, in in you know three weeks like I have with this Oklahoma team. But how much how much rope do you think that Brent will get? And I think both of us are saying he needs time. But, again, if you drop off three and nine, then all of a sudden next year becomes very important, right? Yep. Yeah, well, if you go three and nine, Brent doesn't have anything to worry about. He can't – I don't think – if you go three and nine again with the players that he has this year – and in a conference that doesn't include Alabama or Georgia <laughs> or, or Ohio State, right? You know what I'm saying? This is Big 12 is tough top mm-hmm. to bottom. It's tough yep. as it's ever been. There's no heavyweights in this fight, though. There just, just aren't. 
you go three and nine in that league with that talent, you can come back. Not everyone on your staff can come back. There, there's got to be some. There, there has to be, or maybe I should put it this way: you reorganize your staff. At the very least, you reorganize your staff. You, 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 you don't, you don't just go over who you, you know, who you're getting out of the portal or how, or what your recruiting philosophy is. You certainly, you got to go over that. You got to go over uh, schemes and, and and much bigger, pick, bigger picture issues. But if you're talking about just coaching evaluations and exit interviews after a, a three and nine Oklahoma football season. Um, you, uh, there's going to be some, there's going to be some hard reckonings. Brent, uh, Brent Venable should be given time to work through any mistakes he's making, any problems he's having, but, but three and nine, uh, Mike deepens, deepens the issues a lot more even than they are right now. And, and I just, you can't, it's, there's no such thing as status quo among the staff after something like three and nine. Okay, so let me ask you this, Garen. As Oklahoma prepares for a tilt this weekend with your alma mater, the University of Kansas, um, let's say Oklahoma loses that game. Let's say they drop their fourth in a row. At that point, does some of the shakeup within the staff, do those wheels start to get put in motion even before the season ends? Are you already looking at, hey, there may be somebody that needs to be a sacrificial lamb, somebody that needs to be held publicly accountable for the struggles here? Well, again, I, reorganization is another way to term it. I mean, I, I would imagine there's some of the, some thought process along those lines happening right now. If not, then and then that would be the case for any head coach in, in Venable situation. That's that's not just because it's Venables at Oklahoma. Any coach in a in a, in a blue blood situation. I would, I to, to answer your question. Let's see how they play if they lose. I mean, if they if they show, I mean, if they lose twenty to seventeen, <laughs> well, man, maybe you maybe if I'm on your show next week, we're having the same conversations about Oklahoma's offense, mm-hmm. right? And and you know Jeff Levy, who's probably dodging a probably pretty fortunate to be dodging the heat up to this point. Maybe he's catching as much as, as Ted Roof might be among some fan bases right now um, or sections of the fan base. I Look, Kansas is pretty good. I mean, it's a, it's a fun story. It's kind of cute, right? We all enjoyed seeing game day in Lawrence last week, but that's a, that's a pretty damn good football team. I don't know if there's any shame in losing to this year's Kansas Jayhawks, but Sooners, the Sooners can't go out and, and give up another 45 to 50 points to the Kansas Jayhawks. That that again only makes the unacceptability part of what's happening right now, you know, that that much more severe, right? So, show if if what you're after move between now and the end of the season is progress. If you're if you're a fan, donor, season ticket holder, booster, whatever, then you certainly want to see it week to week. You don't, you know, you, you can you can take stock in the the general change from where they are right now to the end of the season but but you, you need to see some something that isn't regression and the last three weeks it's been regression that's gonna yep. stop whether you're playing kansas or or or, uh, or washburn yeah and i think again you you hit the nail on the head uh Sooner fans you know they'd be upset if they're losing these games particularly a texas game but they're incensed because you know and they're and they're a lot of them are just incredulous and, and can't believe what they're seeing because it's been Oklahoma not being competitive, you know, the last couple of weeks. The K-State game, you know, you've got third and 16, and maybe you have a shot if you make that play, but you don't. But the last couple of weeks, it has just been 
uh, you know, they don't recognize uh, the team wearing the uniforms out there right. uh, in Fort Worth and in the Cotton Bowl. Garen, you always have some good takes, and you're not afraid to throw an opinion out there, so we like having you on. Thank you so much, and we'll talk to you again soon. All right. I like coming on anytime you need me. We'll talk to you soon, guys. Thank you, Garen. Garen Amick, Tulsa World columnist, ladies and gentlemen. Now, I don't think Oklahoma's going 3-9, and nine, and I do think Brent Venables is going to be given time, but what, what if they do? Go three and nine, man. All of a sudden, next year, you got to start. And again, to me, this is about also you got to save as much of this recruiting class as you can because no doubt, you know. And look, all of those guys, believe it or not, there's going to be a couple, uh, maybe even a few more that we think have the four and five stars. There are going to be some that don't live up to the hype. But when you get that many, and now you're the number three nationally ranked class in the two four seven rankings. A lot of those guys will work out, and they were recruited for Brent's system, which is a good thing. Dabo Sweeney talks about what's going on at Oklahoma. He was asked about Brent's rough start. We'll tell you what he had to say when we get back here on The Ref. All right, we are back. Mike Steele, Parker Thune here on the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Her Radio Network. I need some Roy Orbison glasses. It's very bright in here. Roy Orbison was a Texan, right? Wasn't he born in Texas, like Vernon, Texas, something like I that? I don't know. I'm not I believe. Old to know the answer. Come on, you should know. Silly. You, but you're a music aficionado. I know. I know. I, I know very little about Roy Orbison, though, I will admit. I know he was a member of the Traveling Wilburys with Tom mm, Petty and yep. George Harrison. And, Jeff Lynn. Um, Jeff Lynn as well. Uh, but. Uh, it was, or, yeah. Are we leaving anybody out? No, that's it. Those four. Mm-hmm. Dylan. Did we did did I not say, say Bob Dylan? Yeah, I don't think we did. Did we okay, not say? Right. I mean, uh, that we. Uh, that's a pretty. Ladies and gentlemen, glaring the rock omission if we did not. Would strike us down if we don't include Bob <laughs> Dylan, right? Okay, uh, Dabo Swinney was asked about Brent and what's going on at Oklahoma and, you know, Brent feeling a little bit of heat right now. Dabo said, that just comes with it. It doesn't matter what you've done, right? It just comes with it. Uh, certainly have communicated with Brent. He'll be fine. It's not his first rodeo. I know it's his first opportunity to be in the skillet, but he'll be all right. He'll get it right. He hasn't forgotten how to coach. Just a tough stretch that they're in right now. So there you go. This listener says, uh, I, I, what, I'm trying to make sense of this text. TCU, two weeks, two starting quarterbacks gone, OU in Kansas. Is Spencer Rattler safe? Oh, Spencer Sanders. Spencer Sanders. The, oh, what the text yeah, yeah, is yeah. getting at is that TCU Dude, has. It was the same linebacker who knocked. Was it really? Uh, yes. Yeah. The Jamoy same. Hodge or yeah, whatever? Yeah, it was Jamoy Hodge, yes, who knocked uh, Jalen Daniels out of the game. Wow. Now, it wasn't as dirty, you know, like the dirty hit 
that uh, he put on Dylan Gabriel. So he's the uh, he's the bounty hunter for TCU, basically. It looks like it, yeah. Find him, take him out, Jamoy. Uh, Kendall asks, what percentage of confidence do you have on Oklahoma beating Kansas Saturday? Steely, what do you think? I'm at about 40% OU. No, I, I was going to say 60% OU if Gabriel plays. Yeah. Because. Well, I mean, it goes down to 10% if Gabriel doesn't yeah, play. Yeah, shoot. If Gabriel doesn't play, again, I'm, I'm about where I was as far as the Texas game. I'm not sure there is a viable path to victory. Okay, what is this thoughts on Barry Trammell trolling at the OSU press conference? You have an unproven backup quarterback, and OU has a proven backup. I I, okay, I, don't know. I didn't I didn't hear that. Um, hmm. I don't know the uh, the Morton kid played well for Tech last week. Yeah, how about he that? threw for three sixty against Oklahoma well, State. East man. Texas gunslinger. Yeah. Uh, Roy Orbison is from Wink, Texas, says one listener. I thought he was from Vernon, Texas, but I may be wrong. Wink, Texas. Never heard of it. What was the uh, the, the high school that Colt McCoy went to? Uh, oh, gosh. Jim and Ed. Like, literally Jim and Ed High School. Okay. I Well, uh, I mean, that doesn't – that sounds – Straight very, to Google. That sounds very Green Acres to me. Colt McCoy's given first name is Daniel, by the way. Mm-hmm. He's 36 years old. Holy cow. Jim Ned. Oh, Jim, Jim Ned High School. It always sounded to me like Jim and Ed High School. Oh, okay. Jim Ned High School in Tuscola, Texas, population 714. Man. Okay. All right, uh, let's get to as many texts as we can. Uh, so your your confidence level's at 60%, 60% with Gabriel. And I'm, yeah. the, look, I think Dylan Gabriel's going to play. I do firmly believe that. Uh, in the words of Steve Sarkeesian, Oklahoma won't lose another game. We'll just run out of time. Hmm. No. The Jerry Schmidt effect and all that hype in the offseason was total junk. Can we stop with all that talk now? Well, I mean, I still like Jerry Schmidt being the strength and conditioning guy. I still think that's uh, the right hire. But look, um, doesn't look good right now. I mean, I'm not talking about. It doesn't look good. It it, it just doesn't. I mean, there's no other way to say it. It's been, uh, it's. Like I said, I have never been this baffled by an Oklahoma football team. Now, you know, back to the Blake and Schnellenberger era, and, and Gary Gibbs was in a tough spot when he took the job because of the, the off-the-field issues. that had the Sooners, you know, had some NCAA issues and stuff like that, uh, and, and that was tough. But, I, you know, this Oklahoma team, the talent is not what it has been, but there's still talent on this roster, and you shouldn't be non-competitive against Texas and TCU if you're Oklahoma. Crypto Sooner says, it is so dumb to say the outcome would have been different if insert excuse would have happened. Yeah, that goes for literally every team that loses at anything. As a matter of fact, it's literally why you lose or win a game. Stop. This team is just not any good. I don't blame BV either. Hmm. There's nuance there. And look... You're not completely wrong, Crypto Sooner. But again, there's a there's a lot of nuance there. Teams don't lose games the same way as other teams. Like I, I promise you, look across the nation. Not all three and three teams are created equal. Mm-hmm. 
there are some three and three teams out there that are a lot closer to six and zero than Oklahoma, and there are some three and three teams out there that are a lot closer to zero and six than Oklahoma. And generally, that can be pretty indicative of a team's overall level of talent and ability. The, right now, yeah, Oklahoma is what they are. The startling thing right now is Oklahoma. Right now, is the worst team in the Big Twelve, and nobody would have thought that. Now. They might improve, and they may end up, you know, winning six games. Who knows? I'm not – like I said, I'm not giving up on the season. But right now, it's it's Oklahoma as the worst team in the Big 12. They could Worse than they, West Virginia? I think so, yeah. Okay. I mean, West Virginia hung with Texas for a while in Austin. Um, Like I said, it's just it, – it's crazy. But, again, you know, you go out, you get the victory this weekend, you get some momentum, some good positive vibes going around in that locker room again. Things can change. But, man, you got to see it happen, though. Just got to go out there and see it happen. I, I think the Sooners, if Dylan Gabriel plays, yeah, they absolutely have a chance to win this weekend. But, man, you've, uh, you've got to play, obviously, a lot better, particularly on defense. All right, thank you to the Seth Wadley Auto Group. Let's get locked in up next. Everybody have a great Wednesday. We'll see you.